Hi, this is Amber, and you're listening to Amber on Podcast. Hi, hello, and welcome to episode number 78 of Amber on Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Today, we are talking about a woman you might already know. She has spent her career studying courage, vulnerability, shame, and empathy, and is the author of five number one New York Times bestselling books. Her most recent book is titled Dare to Lead, which is the culmination of a seven-year study on courage and leadership. Brene Brown has contributed brilliant and compassionate work to the world. She is like the Mother Teresa of knowledge sharing. Brene is someone you need to know, and it brings me much joy and happiness to share her wisdom with you today. We will be talking about vulnerability and how it can lead to acceptance and freedom in your life, the myths of vulnerability, and I'll share my story of becoming vulnerable and how truly terrifying it was for me to do. If you haven't yet, please take a moment to subscribe to the show. Every Thursday, I release a new episode that's aimed at doing more good, and I would love to have you join me. Let's start learning more about our new friend, Brene Brown, and let's start the show. One of my favorite interviews with Brene took place on the Good Life Project podcast, where Brene breaks down her professional work as a researcher. In the case of Brene, she is all about doing more good. And for her, that means doing qualitative research and interviewing people about shame. Brene's main mission is to move people forward. Her goal is to make this information accessible for everyone and help move people forward in a good and compassionate way. Brene is a grounded theory researcher, which means she develops theories from people's lived experiences. And her primary job as a grounded theory researcher is to put the findings into language so that it resonates with people. As Brene worked, she was trying to find a word for people who are living their lives all in. Those who are living and loving entirely, who are completely present and aware. She uses the word wholehearted to describe this way of life, to give it an accessible and easy to understand framework. Then she made it her mission to help teach people how to live life wholeheartedly. Brene is an expert in shame and vulnerability, and her TED Talks have millions of views. She says she loves the things about her now that she spent her entire childhood trying to hide. She didn't fit in. She didn't have a sense of belonging. And this is true for most people. 
This actually makes you part of the majority. Most people feel this way. Now, Brene teaches that our sole purpose here on this planet is to get over the illusion of our separateness. This is the entirety of her work, that we are all in this together. Once Brene was able to step into her self-worth, the things that made her feel bad were the things that connect her strongest to other people. Brene used to be a totally different person. She was judgmental, perfectionistic, comparative. She scoffed at creativity and was all work, no play, no rest, and had a complete disregard for play and those who find it important. I can relate to this because I too used to be all of these things. I was incredibly judgmental and perfectionistic, and it consumed my thoughts for most of my life. For Brene, she was not nearly as compassionate or kind before she completed the research and saw the evidence for herself and saw proof of the destruction it causes. It was through this research that she discovered the path to living wholeheartedly. In her book, Daring Greatly, she wrote about the myths of vulnerability. Vulnerability is typically described as uncertainty, risk, emotional exposure. It's perceived as weakness overall, and we are taught to avoid being vulnerable at all costs. We've been raised to believe that being vulnerable and walking into a meeting with all your bosses and saying, I don't know, is really terrifying for most people. They think that if they do that, they are weak. But it's incredibly powerful, especially for women. As women, we have so much anxiety about being perfect all the time. I used to devote so much time editing and fact-checking reports and emails, so careful as to eliminate every possible mistake, preparing for meetings with so much vigor and research just in case someone called on me and asked me a question. I spent so much time being fearful of looking stupid or not knowing the answer when there's so much power in just admitting that you don't know and accepting that you're not going to know everything and not being scared to be vulnerable and say, I don't know. Men are taught as young children that it's okay to fall down. It's okay to get hurt. It's okay for your clothes to get dirty. That's just boys being boys. While girls are taught to look pretty and keep their clothes clean, to stand up straight and make sure our hair isn't too messy. From an early age, it is made clear to us by society that it's okay for men to fall down and get dirty, but it's not okay for women. And that's not true. We all fall down and get dirty. 
It's about leaning in and accepting the experiences life brings us so that we have grace and compassion for ourselves and those around us. Brene tells a story from her research about a CEO who was hired at a new company. And the CEO was very directive and instructive. And shortly thereafter, things started unraveling. The CEO decided to risk vulnerability and stood up in front of everyone, the whole company, and said, I see that my style is not working. The way I communicate and give you feedback is pushing innovation down, and I need your help. I need to know how to be better at this and how to work with you. The research finds that this creates a snowball effect that made the other leaders take on the same sentiment. This got to everyone and made a real impact on the culture of the whole company. You see, it's all top-down. If you have one person that is at the top and is not owning it themselves, then no one will own anything. On the opposite, if they do step up and own it, they inspire others to do the same. This is the same in real life for your personal interactions. If you can practice being vulnerable, what you will find most often is people are willing to be vulnerable in return. They are willing to go there with you because you have established yourself as a trustworthy person by sharing your story. We can't give people what we don't have. And we can't ask people to do what we aren't doing. After 20 years of research, Brene hasn't found a single example of courage that was not based on sheer vulnerability. People perceive vulnerability as a weakness, so they are terrified of being vulnerable. This is one of the myths of vulnerability, that it makes you weak. There are many people in the world who want to put their videos on YouTube or sell their stuff on Etsy. They want to share their ideas in big meetings. And when these people are asked why they did it, they say they did it because being courageous was more important as a value than succeeding. Brene says it's important to have clear intentions, and alignment with your values. In other words, you need to know who you are and what you stand for. This needs to come from you and is specific to only you. It's not something you saw on Instagram or what society is telling you to do or a meme or a quote. This is special to you only. Another thing to remember is that when we try something new and we come up short, we don't get the job or the promotion, we don't get the funding or the audition, whatever it is that we tried at, it's very important to have those people around you that say, you were brave. And so many of us don't have those people. Connection is still a very highly regarded ideal. We need 
people to support us. And we need people to try on our vulnerability with. We need someone to say, I'm, I'm thinking about doing X, Y, Z. What do you think? I'm thinking about starting this thing. What do you think? I'm thinking about putting this thing out there. What do you think? This needs to be someone who you trust, someone from your tribe, someone who you can test the waters with. We cannot do it alone. Being vulnerable must involve other people. Brene reminds us that when you start to dare greatly and start to be vulnerable and take chances, you're going to be holding a very uncomfortable mirror up to people. If you are surrounded by people who are critical, it's because they are so unwilling to do what you are doing that they are dying to see failure, to point out that their way of living is okay. You miss out on so much if you aren't willing to go there and be vulnerable. I know both sides of this coin. I went from holding up a fake persona for most of my life to discovering who I am and sharing my story with the world on this show. My life was completely different before. I was constantly chasing happiness and money and status and never really content or in control or understanding anything that was happening around me. I was allowing life to happen to me, not for me. Now I have seen the light, dear listeners, and it is my mission to share this wisdom with you because it has made such a major impact on my life and helped me become a better person, a person I can be proud of and a person I can share with the world. The first time I remember being vulnerable, it was terrifying. There was a girl named Brittany who I hired, and she seemed really promising, smart, quick, eager, ambitious, All the things I love because they remind me of myself. I really believed in this girl and was excited when she started and hit the ground running. But soon after she started, she seemed to tap out. She was uninterested, unmotivated. She hardly paid attention in meetings and was late with projects. I was confused and concerned I worried that based on her performance, I would have to let her go. But then I learned that something much worse was at play. Brittany had an alcoholic father who was homeless, living on the streets back in her hometown. She was working two jobs to support herself and send money back to her father, but it was becoming more and more difficult, causing her stress and anxiety. Now her behavior at work made sense. Now I understood what made this sudden change occur because I have had a similar experience myself. Something I have never shared with anyone, least of all my employees. For the first time in my life, I had to admit that my mom is a heroin addict. It was the right thing to do to help her. I knew I had to be vulnerable and share my experience to show 
empathy and make Brittany feel less alone. And it worked. Because we could now talk openly about her struggles, she got better at sharing what she needed in order to perform her work. And she was honest about her hard days so I could work with her and lighten her load or let her work from home. What I learned from this experience is the same thing that Brene teaches. It's really important to worry less about what other people will think of you and more about the value you are adding to the world by sharing your story. Brene says she has no intake for any feedback or criticism from someone who's not in the arena. Unless you are somebody who is in the arena, who is getting their ass kicked on occasion, she's not interested in what you have to share with her about her work. This shift came from a profound respect for herself and other people who are out there trying to do work and trying to walk into uncertainty and vulnerability and risking it. Because it's so easy to make a life and a career sitting in the bleachers and laughing at other people and putting them down. The people who are in their own arena People like teachers, for example, walk into their arena every day at 7 a.m. Those who are in the arena and who are actually showing up and letting themselves be seen give feedback that is far more constructive, mindful, and helpful than those who are sitting in the bleachers. Brene believes that you are either making the world a better place or you're making it a worse place. There's no neutrality. Every day, our choices have a huge impact on people. You're responsible for the energy you bring into the world. A fake avatar and a fake name posted somewhere is not benign. It holds intention and it has impact. There are people who have amazing gifts that would make the world a better place, who will never put their work out there for that reason. Which is a loss, whether we know what it is or not. The greatest pain Brene has ever seen in her work is from people who spent their lives outside of the arena, wondering what would have happened if they had actually shown up. To Brene, that pain is a far greater fear. Brene says that living a good life means gratitude, and I cannot agree more. You can't be angry and grateful at the same time. A good life happens when you stop and are grateful for the most ordinary moments instead of trying to steamroll through them in a rush to get to the extraordinary moments. For me, a good life is waking up early, taking a walk. It's eating steamed broccoli straight out of the microwave and cuddles with my boyfriend, trips to the grocery store and stopping and and saying, this is good. I'm thankful for this right now. Gratitude is a good attitude. And that's how you do more good for more people. You are an amazing person for listening this far because you have listened 
all the way to the end, I know this message is important to you. It's important to me too. And I'm so thankful for Brene and her work and her vulnerability because it has inspired me to do the same and continue to share and be honest so that more people can learn and grow and live their lives wholeheartedly. Now you know the benefits of vulnerability, how to harness it in your own life, and how I experienced my first dose of vulnerability by sharing my mom's addiction. I hope this inspires you to dare greatly and to check out more of Brene Brown's work. Check out her Netflix special, which is really great and really funny. Brene is a light in this world, and I am so thankful to have shared her message with you today. For all of the show notes and to sign up for exclusive updates from me, visit mytalkingdollars.com. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And please join me next week for another conversation about living your best life and doing more good. Thank you. Love you.